Uh, welcome to another episode of Them Asperger's. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, it's going to be a slightly different episode today, so I'm not going to bother asking Scarlett the usual stuff about her week or what she's been up to, because uh, Scarlett's had the idea of... Well, what have you had the idea of, Scarlett? Oh, God, why do you keep telling it to me? we got a guest! Yeah, we've gone for a guest <laughs> for the episode. Uh, the guest of the episode is actually my ex-girlfriend, Emily. Dun-dun-dun! <laughs> Hi, guys! Uh, we thought we'd be good to get, like, an NT perspective on this. People have been asking for a third person in the thing, and because uh, a lot of people listen to this podcast are from America, it would be impossible almost to get somebody in here unless there's, like, some way to link these together, I think, where you can do podcasts with each other, but... Uh, we thought it would be a better idea, but we have no idea what we're going to ask or say or what's going on, so uh, I'm not sure where to start with this. Um, or I could ask you, like, what you've been up to. <laughs> so, um, me... Or talk about yourself. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Hello, I'm Emily. Um, I was with Nikki um, about two years ago, and we were together for nearly five years. Um, we met on a dating app, so romantic. Um, we spoke. We spoke for weeks before we met, and um, Nicky was open about his Aspergers, and said how that I would be the first person he dated post diagnosis. <clears throat> so he wasn't completely sure on what was going to happen in a relationship because yeah. he'd never knew about his burgers before that. Um, how long was I diagnosed before? Wait, five like years. December before. Yeah, so I'd only been. I think I remember saying to you, "I've got Aspergers," but I think at the time I didn't really know. What it meant? Well, I kind of knew what it meant, but not what it meant uh, relationship-wise. And I guess I just kind of put it on you. I can't remember if I asked you if you knew what it was. Yeah, and I come from a healthcare background, so I'd worked with people with Asperger's, autism, elderly, all of that sort of jazz. Um, and at first, I found it really endearing that somebody o- over the internet would want to like divulge that information yeah. to me and be so vulnerable when we hadn't met. Oh, so this is what you said it before you met? Yeah, this was okay. through messaging. Okay. Yeah, so. I, I thought I'd, I'd, I figured that all my other previous relationships had been hideous. So I just thought, whoever's next, like, I'll just warn them first. Like, don't even mess about. Because some people, I've seen some people say that they get with people for a while and then tell them. Um, but I just figured, go out there and say it. But then I, I just assumed that you knew what it was, I think. To, to a degree, I thought I knew what it was, but obviously that could never prepare you for what actually being yeah. in a relationship with someone with Asperger's would be like. Um, so after weeks and weeks of backwards and forward messaging and a lot of coaxing and, come on, it'll be fine, um, we actually <laughs> met up in Wait, person. Wait, like that? <laughs> well, you actually acted really super confident and outgoing. Yeah, and that's because I was a keyboard warrior. Yeah. <laughs> I loved the conversations we'd had because they'd always be so obscure and we'd just get talking about a subject or a theme and it would be very mystical and adventurous. So it was quite fun to talk to you. You were open, whereas NTs aren't open and it's all about game playing and trying to gauge what the other person yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I wasn't good with any of that. Um, one of the problems I found with online dating was I would talk to people and you don't realise that they're actually only talking to you, so you'll ask them about them. Uh, so after a bit, when I just thought, oh, they're really into talking about me and the things I like, this is great, they then just disconnect because they're just like, he's not asked me one thing <laughs> about anything I'm doing. It's like, oh, I didn't realise I was supposed to. But yeah, it was different. I, I mean, it was a long time ago. I actually can't remember what we talked about. But uh, yeah, I remember that. I remember 
that it was different, I suppose. But yeah, I threw it out there. You said you were a paramedic. So I just thought, so you know everything about Asperger's, <laughs> awesome. Did you, you um, did you say anything more or just, I've got Asperger's? Did you yeah, say, like, I've got Asperger's and here are some of my traits? No, or... I, I think it came from awkward conversation or long gaps between replies. Oh, okay. Or maybe something that had made him think, oh, she's not going to think I'm quite normal. Right, okay. In inverted commas. And it just sort of flowed, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a statement with bullet points. Right, this okay. is how to deal with me. I okay. contemplated making some sort of leaflet. Uh, <laughs> you still should make a pamphlet. <laughs> I'm going, so this is what you're signing up for. I think I used that later on. You did. I think later on when I did stuff that was upsetting or irritating, I just, I remember a lot saying like, you knew what you were getting yourself into. Yeah. This is what happens when you date a burger. Yeah. Um... Although I would like to say, even though that me and Scarlett use the term burger, I'm pretty sure it's you that came up with that now that I think about it. Yeah, I am the champion of burgers. Yeah, no, I think you came up with the term burger. Yeah. 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 I don't think it's a me thing. I think no. you invented it. Yeah, no, I love it. Because <laughs> you are a burger. You are both burgers. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we started dating and spending time together. Nicky, at the time, lived in his man cave, which he called it. Yeah. Which was literally shut in away from the world he did his online shopping he never left the house he played a lot of gaming mm-hmm. it, but for all intents and purposes on the outside he behaved as I'd expect an NT person yeah. to behave and I quickly fell in love with a persona yeah. so at the time I didn't realise it was a persona which then led to lots of difficulties in our relationship later down the line yeah. when I'm like well you're not acting how you acted when we first got together what was the differences between the persona and the well, it's by masking. I think I've mentioned before in loads of other episodes that I mask. Yeah. Uh, you adapt to your situation. At, at the start of relationships, I give off the air of someone that's empty. Yeah. Which but, is weird. Why would you want to do that? But I can't talk to people uh, straight off if I'm... Because if I, if I go burger from like the start, I won't talk to you. So I do it as a way to make other people feel comfortable. So it was a conscious thought. Yeah, I think it would version. be aw- it would be awkward if I was myself. So it's best to you just you kind of watch what people like and what they're into, and then you um, mimic that and become that person that they like. So I'm different with everybody I first start relationships with. Who I am at the start is different for each person depending on what they've said they like about people. I then make notes of what they like find attractive, and then all of a sudden, like you're my, wearing it, or my hair's it. different, or my, <laughs> wearing things differently my dress sense has changed depending on who I'm with who's a lot dressed you <laughs> like I think when uh, when we first got together it was I suddenly started wearing like onesies and uh, I made you do that you know those like necklaces that had like the weird things on the end of it I don't normally wear jewellery but I was wearing necklaces with the joker and the ones that are on Murphy now oh okay so like cartoon acrylic yeah, cause, characters cause on long chains you had stuff like that so it was the same yeah transformers or dinosaurs <laughs> or lego attached to necklaces oh, yeah, and things like that saying that I like all the same TV shows as someone else uh, that kind of thing that's just that's what I do but what did you say before because I totally cut you off I was just saying, what were the main differences you noticed? You said it was like causing problems later right. on. What so was the... we had, um, so when we started out, it appeared like a normal relationship, really whirlwind at the start, really interested in what each other were all about. Yeah. Um, lots of effort put in, um, which obviously looking back now, I realised how much effort that was for an Asperger yeah. to portray that amount of feeling effort, yeah. and emotion and intimacy, yeah. which then 
quickly faded. Yeah. So once we were in the routine of this is our lives, we're together, we live in this house, these yeah. are the things we do, um, the intimacy, the emotion, the tactileness, the interest knocked off because of his exhaustion of doing that. Yeah. So for, for a long time, I was in denial that we were just best friends or brother and sister because our relationship didn't have another element to okay. it. Okay. How long into the relationship did it change? What do you reckon? Uh, normally I can only like maintain the masking for like two, three months before I get too drained uh, and too tired out from it. And, and it was really difficult because I'd never seen it and I don't think you'd dealt with it that often. It's after that breakdown of three months of persona, um, Nikki was getting really bad physical meltdowns. Okay. And I'd never seen a meltdown. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Nikki fully understood what triggered what? them, yeah. how they make him feel. Um, but there would be times that I'd find him literally crawled up in a ball, rocking in the hall. Okay. Unable to communicate anything to me. Right. What was causing them? Do you know now? Or? I think there's a lot of changes. Because like I said, I'd only just been diagnosed. I had a massive problem when I was first diagnosed anyway. Yeah. Uh, I think like when we first took it, there was us taking antidepressants at yeah. the time and that kind of thing for it. Switching meds. Yeah. Um, I don't think I was in therapy or was I? Not yet. No. Um, so yeah, it was just because I was getting used to the change. They were telling me that I had to keep accepting. Because I was going to the Alderney Hospital, wasn't I, to, get, uh, to see one of the diagnosed people. I was having therapy with them after a time. But yeah, it was because I wasn't coping with the acceptance of being autistic yeah and um, sensory overload so I because think I was... I was constant wasn't I yeah I'm, I'm not an easy person to live with either <laughs> um and I'm the opposite end of the spectrum and recently been diagnosed with emotional unstable personality disorder yeah so my excessive need for connection intimacy being on the same emotional page yeah was such a big deal to me and to have somebody that couldn't physically give me that yeah almost felt safe because he wasn't going to leave he was reliable okay. yeah he, he was always what nikki was yeah that's yeah very consistent yeah and, yeah <laughs> what <laughs> look how big the, the sound wave is um, yeah no that's quite it's quite interesting but you said you were in denial that you were best friends for a long time but was it it kind of been the whole like four and a bit years following yeah so I probably was in denial that I knew it probably wasn't going to be a relationship that worked for a couple of years okay me, me and Nikki would have the same cyclic conversations what sort of conversations uh what do you mean like example of so I know what you mean so like when we'd lie in bed and I'd be upset about something and I'd talk about how it made me feel and then I'd repeat everything in a circle wanting an answer from you and you knew I wanted an answer but you never knew what the right answer was. So quite often you'd leave me crying on my own which felt yeah. very abandoned. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, yeah, you don't know what, I don't know what to, to say most of the time. So like when I'm masking and I think like at the start of relationships... When someone gets upset, I can do the... You can solve. Yeah, I can ask them what's wrong and how's everything going and talk to me and I can do hugging. You can hug them, yeah. I can do all that. But <laughs> like, um, once I'm settled and once I've stopped masking, I think I give it like a brief period of seeing if you're okay with me not masking. And I say a brief period, I mean like two weeks. If in two <laughs> weeks there's been no trouble, 
I just think this is good. I can just stay like this. Uh, and then I don't have to do any of the stuff, especially if I've been at work or if I've been out all day. And do you know what I mean? Like if I've been out in the, in the NT world all day and I've been masking constantly, if I then come home and I've got to do some more, I just can't. Um, and it's not even that I notice that you're upset and think, oh, I need to do something. I just think um, you're upset, but I got I don't know what I'm supposed to do because I can't connect to that bit that tells me if I was NT, this is what I should be doing, so I should go do that. I just, like, switch off and yeah. don't recognise that something's up. Most of the time I didn't even realise you were upset unless it was something really obvious. Or I'd tell you. Yeah, or you went, I'm upset. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. And obviously being in a relationship with an Asperger, I learned very quickly to vocalise all of my feelings. Yeah. And what they meant. Yeah. So when Nikki was having meltdowns, I was I was pretty good. Like, I knew what kind of stuff would soothe him. So really, really tight hearts, yeah. heavy stuff. It, it was nothing intimate. There were levels where it felt like carer support, wasn't it? Well, we didn't know the... <clears throat> the hugs and stuff but you came with me to the sensory stuff uh, where they told me all that and that's when you started Putting doing it, in it. Place. but I think initially we didn't know that was a, a thing to do no I try I try and sort of envelop you yeah. in arms as tight as I could just to sort of half restrain you yeah um, and then that would seem to work and then we went to the sensory therapist and she explained it all better yeah so that we could help Nikki when he was having a bad time yeah but I guess that's a good a good point for anybody listening to this that's in a relationship with a burger. Um, I guess telling them, like what you said, is a good pointer. Vocalising your feelings. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and not getting hung up on the fact that they're not going to get subtle hints of yeah. why haven't you cooked me dinner and bought me flowers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that Nikki would have never cooked me dinner or bought me flowers unless I said cook me dinner and buy me flowers. Yeah, you have to express what you want. You yeah, be and quite if, direct. Yeah, and yeah. you have to be comfortable with that because that won't change. Yeah. So a lot of my relationship with Nikki that I struggled with was that learning it's not going to change. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's very that's consistent. That's it. I think it's interesting because you're like, um, kind of like, not the, because everyone on the spectrum is different, but you're kind of like the opposite end. Of extreme emotion. Of extreme, yeah. In a lot of ways, like you were really open about your feelings and your emotions you're quite loud you're yeah more so than a typical nt yeah like you you'll talk to anyone all the time you're good at like conversation and you you're not shy i wouldn't say yeah no i and that's half the reason i love my job and i love you guys and you've stayed my my bestest friends because i'm i'm good at people yeah and that's all you need to be good at yeah is understanding what people need and want and can you match that or be happy with that yeah did that cause problems or did, was it helpful uh, having like the two different... Helpful for me because yeah. there'd be loads of stuff I wasn't able to do that uh, you just do. Yeah. So like, I couldn't do... Um... The bills. Yeah. Or I couldn't like talk to somebody or call somebody for something or make phone calls. Or, or ask at the shop for something. Yeah. I'd do it. Yeah. So you were good for like that. But equally that's kind of bad because I enabled you a lot. Yeah, like that, was... made, that gave you confidence to grow, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say I can do all that stuff now because I've watched you do it so many times that I now know how it works. Yeah, I'd say you've learnt a lot of things because there's times where I've been with you when you've had to return something and you've gone, I can do it, Emily's done it for me. I've seen her do it, so... Whereas, yeah, so it would start with Nikki would do none of it and expect me to do it and I was comfortable with that. And then as the years 
progressed, I'd push him to do things he wouldn't normally do. Yeah. And then once it became habit for him, like anything else, he could do them. Yeah. Did that ever hinder you in the in the other way? If you were sort of pushing Nikki to do to do more, was he ever stopping you? Yeah. From... Sometimes he'd be resistant or cross with me or yeah. short with me that I was making him do something he didn't want to. Yeah. Did it, did it? Did you ever feel like it was like holding you back in any way? Though, if you like, did, does that make sense? Like, if you're being kind of shy and introverted, and you're pushing for him to be like more extroverted, was it ever the other way around where he was sort of pulling you to back? Be, yeah, to be more introverted. Yeah, I think so. Um, like, I remember for the first few years, like we never went on holiday. I think in the end, you caved and you just went on holidays without me. You went with like friends and stuff, paramet other parents. That that was really hard in our relationship. Yeah, because you wanted to go on holidays, gigs, that kind of thing, and show you off. Like yeah. to have a partner, you want to show them off. Yeah. But all these situations were called mass anxiety. Yeah. So I then quickly learned that I'd have to do them by myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like but, um, like work medus and stuff like that, which are hideous for any NT or any Asperger <laughs> in general. Yeah. It's not a pleasant situation, is no, it? No, but you don't want to go on your own. Well, I mean, yeah, or people would often ask. Like, yeah. People knew knew me very well yeah. and would know that I'd had a boyfriend for five years yeah. but would know very little about him or not met him. Yeah, it's almost like, do you actually have a... Yeah, <laughs> and, and a lot of the time it felt lonely. And that's yeah. not to do the relationship down. We had a great relationship in lots of other aspects and people that have NTAS relationships can completely work. But... It's about acceptance and adaptability on both sides. Yeah, it is tricky. I think we were talking in one of our episodes, I think it was our relationship episode, we were talking about how you've kind of got a compromise, um, but it, it's difficult because sometimes the compromise is for, for someone on the spectrum, they think, well, I don't want to do what you want me to do because it causes me a lot of anxiety. But you don't want to not do it because that's something you want to do and you don't want to stay indoors but it's hard to see a compromise when you're kind of thinking that if if you do it it causes you a lot of anxiety whereas if they don't do it it doesn't cause them the same level of stress yeah I reckon I had that mentality where I'd make you do what I wanted because I felt that it would have a bigger impact on me if we did it your way. Yeah. And less impact on you if we did it my way. Which I think, in some respects, can be true, but I also think that's unfair. Yeah. I know, but... Like... It's like, a, it's an uncomfortable balance, because you can't... You can't say to the other person that you're never going to do what they want because you're on the spectrum, even if there is that level of uncomfortable... Yeah, but I'm awful. Yeah, I, know, I mean, it I got know. to that point with you of, look, this is me. I'm not going to change. Yeah. yeah if you is, can't be yeah. happy with me, then maybe we shouldn't be together. Yeah. Well, I I would say that I'm not the same now, but I'm still a bit like that, where I want everything to be the way that I think it should be, and I'm not comfortable with people telling me, no, you've got to have to do it this way. I'm still like that. I still fight it. And, and I enjoyed pushing you doing that stuff. Yeah, and, you, and you've said a lot since. I did. That after. means you can do stuff now. Like, there's loads of stuff that we've done that I was saying to. I've said to you. There's loads of stuff that we did that if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have done it. Uh, like the going on telly, <laughs> that literally wouldn't have happened because I wouldn't have done it. And I, when initially when you told me you'd applied, I you was, were fine. You were like, yeah, sure, great. Yeah, because I didn't think it was going to happen. And then you're like, oh, they're coming around to do the interviews, and I was just like, 
like, okay, yeah, sure. I was just like, it'll be fine. We're fine. We're fine. And then you were like, we're down to the last whatever. And I was just like, it still won't pick us. That was amazing. I loved the Such a massive feat. Yeah. But equally, like, I wouldn't have done it. There's loads of stuff that I keep... I always used to say, oh, I wish I could do that, or I want to do that, uh, but I can't do that. But then you'd arrange it, make it happen, that kind of thing. There's just sometimes... And hold your hand through it. Yeah, but then there's just sometimes where I just would outright refuse, because I know I can't do it. And I used to do, like, work do's and things like that before diagnosis. I used to force myself to them, because I thought, this is what people do, and you don't want to seem weird. You want to seem odd, so you should just do them. But then once I was diagnosed, I just thought it doesn't matter now. Everybody knows that I'm, uh, I'm, autis- I'm autistic. Yeah. So I used to say to you, like, just tell them I'm autistic. Like, they can't hold me, like, thing with that. Some of them had seen me. They've seen me on Facebook. They've seen pictures of us on there. That's enough. They know I exist. Um, if they ask why I'm not there, just say there's lots of noise, loads of people. I'm not coming. Yeah. Um, which... I'm still like that. I am still yeah. like that now. I think it's got worse as I've got older. Well, yeah. ju- just before we were setting up for this conversation, uh, Nikki pulled up a uh, foldable chair. They can- <laughs> they- they- these guys can't do their normal podcast, which is obviously distressing because there's a, there's a third person in their room. So I'm sat where Nikki normally sits. I was ordered to sit here. Um, he's got a very lovely chair that we used to own together. Mustard armchair. <laughs> Really comfortable. And it's metres from me right now. And I offered, why are you sitting on a foldable Ikea chair when you could sit on a throne? And he became very defiant and said that even if I moved the chair, he wouldn't sit on the chair. Yeah, because I got it in my head before we recorded this that I was going to make like a sound triangle, which is what we've done here. Which he could have done with the other chair. And I thought we've got the foldable chair, so I'll just wheel that out. But I don't like dragging that thing. Um, and also, I thought, like, you know, you're the guest, you can have the sofa. I'll take the, the foldable plastic chair. <laughs> but there's no need for this level of discomfort for anyone. That's my point. I'm not that uncomfortable. It's fine. <laughs> no, but equally, I feel like we talked already a lot about a lot of things that were difficult in our relationship. And obviously, yeah. there were lots of lovely parts oh, of sharing NT yeah. and Burgerland. What were, like, the... the best things about being I guess with Nikki and then also being with things that like there's got to be spectrum yeah there's got to be pros to but definitely the main the main pros are reliability loyalty honesty and trust yeah and they're all really good things to base a relationship on yeah for NTs that's what we look for yeah um and we just create our own little world of ridiculousness of building forts in the front room or not leaving the house for days and watching endless horror films or series. <laughs> um, we had the same interests. Yeah. Were you mimicking them or were they the same? <laughs> I couldn't do it for so long. <laughs> like, I couldn't do it for five years and I've gone insane. <laughs> what was like? What was the foundation for the trust? Like, why did you feel that being with someone on the spectrum gave like? Well, he was barely into me, let alone <laughs> anybody else. So I knew, I knew he wouldn't stray, because it's not like he found people sexually attractive or, like, interesting yeah. in a different way. Um, so, and the effort to cope with more than one person yeah. at a time, yeah, he wouldn't have much. managed at all. Yeah, You used to tell me the stories of speaking to multiple people on dating apps yeah. before you got with me. I... 
used to ask people questions and then confuse them with somebody else. So I'd be like, oh yeah, so what about this? And I'm like, what? And then I'd be like, oh, that's not you. And then they just think you're a massive player that can't remember who they've been talking to. Completely but really, opposite. But really, I just, I wasn't paying attention because I couldn't focus on... Oh, was, conversations. I'd get like one message and be like, oh, this is good. Then two and I'm like, yeah, that's fine. And then three, I'm like, all right, like everyone just needs to relax a little bit here. I can't, I can't, I can't do this. And then I was trying to, like, you're trying to weigh what's a good time to met, like, what should you ask, what should you talk about. I'm reading everyone's profile and trying to adjust my answers to match what they've put on their profile, but I can't remember who put what. Yeah. And I think, I think you said that you found me most easy to talk to the most through the app because I was just blunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I didn't have to read. There was a loads of, like, with other people that they want you to ask something or they're suggesting something but they were wasting their time with me because I didn't get what they were asking. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they're hinting that I should ask them to meet up for a drink. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not. That I'm just like, they're like, oh, what are you doing on Friday? I'm like, oh, I'm playing this on an Xbox. What are you doing? Nothing. Oh, maybe you should do something. You know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> like your stuff. Not like, with me, but anything. Yeah, yeah whereas you, you were kind of, I think with you like... I'll meet you on Tuesday at yeah, 11 p.m. You were kind of yeah. like that. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, you're very like direct, so that was probably helpful. <laughs> it, that's the really difficult part of being in a relationship with anyone. But Asperger's on top of just not expressing what you mean yeah. will get you nowhere. Yeah. And being comfortable enough in yourself to know what you want and need. Yeah, that's... To be able to express that to somebody else, which is difficult. difficult. Yeah. No, I understand that. What was, like, the different you found when you were with Nikki compared to like previous relationships was there a noticeable difference um that's a difficult one it's been a while hasn't it but I'd I'd say that it was limited to what we could do based yeah. on other relationships I had to maintain okay so yeah Nikki wasn't involved in those a lot yeah um Again, the massive, intense start of our relationship fizzling to, like, friendship level. Yeah. We were, we were cohabiting. We were, like, yeah. roommates, whatever. Um, also, the comforting. So, when I was sad, or when I was even telling him I was sad, I wouldn't get the response that maybe an NT person would give yeah. me. Yeah. Um, of, I need a hug. Or I need space. Yeah. Or go in another room. Or why haven't you done this for me? And even though I knew at my core that he didn't have capacity to think of that. You still wanted I was it. still, yeah. Yeah. And and because I was basing it on, well, he used to do that. Or yeah. he did that in the past. So he is capable. Maybe he's choosing not to. Yeah. Which we'd also discuss, wouldn't we? Yeah, but I... I don't know. With me, I think, because I don't explain stuff, I think at that point I just assumed that I'd worked out what I was doing and that means that you must have worked out what I was doing and I felt like we didn't have to have a conversation about it. Uh, for me, it kind of made sense. I thought we were on the same wavelength and uh, I didn't understand the reason to vocalise it all the time um, because for some reason in my head... I always think I know what the other person really is thinking or doing. I always assume that anybody that's not on the spectrum has a, what do you call it, has like a ulterior motive. When they talk, they do that thing where they talk to you, but what they're saying is like, read between the lines. I'm saying this, but what I mean is this. Yeah. So I just figured that 
with you that are that that I knew what you were really saying when you said stuff and I just thought well I'm not I'm not I don't know if I I'm, we both know you don't think that you'd ask me to repeat stuff or we talk about the same things over and over again and I just think well we both know the answer to this you so, tried you tried every answer so why are you asking me um, um so yeah sometimes I just thought you were just trying to start a fight uh, with me because I thought well we've had this conversation you know what the answer is you know why I'm being this way um, why are you bringing it up but I realised that uh, you know after it takes me a while after like it's the same with um, processing anybody when I fall out with them there's that initial with me when I argue with someone where like I have like the anger and I've only got I've always I've said it all the time I've only got like one tool in the toolbox and it happens to yeah. be a hammer like I only get angry I can't do anything else <laughs> So sometimes, like, no matter what, I want to express like a different emotion, but all I can get is angry and get like, oh, this is ridiculous, and like, I don't want to talk about this, and this is stupid, and let's not do this anymore. Uh, and then, like, and it takes like a good few hours after. Or I'm, days. Or yeah. days, and then just like, uh, yeah, I kind of get what you meant the other day. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, that, but that's how I am. Um, so yeah, there'd be times where I felt like I should have done a different emotion but I didn't I just did the oh I don't want to talk about this again we're doing this again you know what's happening you know what's going on and as an NT I felt so <laughs> sad and guilty for expecting that yeah. from Nicky when I knew he didn't have it to give yeah but then equally feeling resentful or like I was missing out yeah because if he loved me he'd do that yeah that does make sense yeah did you find it difficult with like um I don't know we've mentioned before that you only really have a, like the emotion of being neutral or being annoyed slash angry did you find that difficult yeah so sometimes I'd try and evoke reactions out of him or poke him with a different stick to see if there was a different outcome <laughs> not not in a menacing way or even something as silly as I'd I'd flirt with someone or yeah. I'd make out that I thought somebody else was attractive yeah and Nikki was never jealous yeah and that also kind of made me thought, oh, well, he's not even jealous. He doesn't care. Does, yeah. And we'd even openly talk about it and you'd even be like, great, you fancy them. Maybe you should talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I didn't understand. Um, obviously, like a lot of my references on how relationships work are based on things I've seen on TV or other people doing. So when you're telling me that you flirted with somebody else... I didn't realise that what you're doing is you want me to be like, what do you mean you're flirting with other people? I just thought, oh, okay. I love you, I want you, don't go. Yeah, I just thought, oh, you like, he likes you, oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, like, it was a good thing, because, like, I know some people, like, are, like, insecure about, like, how they look, and it's like, see, other people think you're attractive. <laughs> Even if I don't. <laughs> like, in that kind of way, I just felt like people say it's a compliment if someone flirts with them. So I just thought you were telling me, like, oh, somebody said this, and I just thought, see, I don't know, it's like... <laughs> It's so a... I, I got my love from Nicky in very different ways. Yeah. So I got my love from Nicky by the fact that he was in my company every day. Yeah. Which was something that not many Asperger's want to do. Yeah. To be around someone constantly. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the only times I thought it was difficult uh, were... You know the days where I... There was that brief period where... Well, I say brief period. The nine months <laughs> I didn't have a job. Uh, where, do you remember like when when I was working for they went under and I wasn't employed I think that was a difficult bit because I'd been on my own all day I was explaining this to you mm. a bit ago where if I've been on my own all day and haven't literally like made a noise out of my mouth for the whole day 
And then you'd come back from work and you'd be all like, oh, you know. Excited to see you. Yeah. Ask, like, tell you all about my day. Get loads off my chest. Expect you to be excited to see me because you've been on your own all day. You haven't had to mask. So surely you've got enough energy. <laughs> in you. To at least have a conversation with me this evening. And yeah, I think I used to, it was barely words that I would reply with. Uh, and then after a bit, if you kept like talking and trying to get something out of me, I found myself getting like agitated because I'd just be like, what, 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 what? But I've noticed that I'm like that. Uh, it's actually worse if I've not spoken to anybody in a while. I've noticed that if I spend a couple of days by myself, like even if someone rings me on the phone, I'm just like, what is it? You become more burned up. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. And like that period when I didn't have a job, I think it was, I felt like I, the only reason I got a job is just because I thought I'm, I'm becoming more... Like, of a person. No, like without working and just like staying at home all the time, I, I felt like I was closing down more and more of my like abilities. So I thought yeah. I need to get out there and get a job because uh, I'm I'm being hideous like in general to everyone. Yeah. Like anyone I spoke to, I was just like, no, I stopped talking. But equally, you needed a rest. It was a really hard balance of finding a structure and routine. Yeah. And then having a rest. Yeah. Yeah. Which... From people. Yeah. Do you um? How do you find the? Because one one of your traits is you're quite talkative. Yeah, so, about so like, like specialist or, subject stuff. Yeah, like specialist subjects, or just if something's been bothering you, uh, or something's annoyed you, you go on kind of like rants. Did did you ever? So I I quite often can talk at anyone. Okay. So. <laughs> Me and Nikki were quite a good match in the sense that we both openly rant. Okay. And we enjoyed the tangents it would lead us to. Okay. Because I, I think sometimes, like, with me and you... I was about to say, are you saying that you're basically asking for tips here on how to deal with me <laughs> when I'm talking too much no. about one thing? No, no. <laughs> I got, just I'm leave like... the room. <laughs> I just follow you. No, <laughs> you do. <laughs> no, I, I like... I like listening, but I'm not, like, much of a talker. I'm quite quiet um, and don't really talk. But I think that more spurs you on, actually. Because the you less love, I reply... You love the... watching interactions as well, don't you? Yeah, I like I like watching other people, but I'm more of a, like, silent watcher. Than... A silent watcher? <laughs> a peeping Tom. Yeah, yeah I feel like that's what Peeping Tom of other people's <laughs> relationships. <laughs> so, currently, um, I've managed to drag these two guys out every Sunday to come and meet my me and my new partner for coffee. So we catch up once a week and we exchange ludicrous stories that both both parties reflect on. Well, yeah, to be fair, Scarlett finds uh, you and Chris fascinating in general. So like what you do, <laughs> the things you do, just watching you do stuff in general. I do life. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> you find it really interesting because it's the complete opposite of you. Yeah. Uh, so like... She just likes watching. She, she lives her life through us. Yeah, yeah. she just likes on watch... a Sunday. My NT life. She just likes watching you and Chris do stuff in general, or Chris tell stories about things he's done, uh, or yeah, you tell stories. You find it like the whole thing interesting. Or then discussion on views of ridiculous yeah. or absurd things that normal people don't talk about. I and, love it. And then when you're gone home, like after we've had coffee and you've left. Like, I'll be walking with Scarlett back here and she's just like, oh, that thing that, like, Emily said, like, oh, it was, you know, you, you just do it. You then tell me everything that's happened. Um, oh, and, and we love it on so many different levels from our NT point of view as well, because I know exactly which bits to poke. <laughs> 
that you, yeah. you enjoy or make you slightly uncomfortable, but an acceptable level of uncomfortable. Yeah. So we might be in a coffee shop and I'm going, right, I'm going over there and I'm going to say this. Oh. And they'll be like, oh dear, don't, you can't do that. Watch me, come with me, Scala. I'll show you how to say it. Yeah, it's, it's like if uh, you want to return something or we've had like coffee and they've, they've not put enough syrup in it. Uh, and you've got, oh, to, like, you've got to go ask Where's for more. Where's the syrup? You've got to ask for more syrup. That that makes Scarlet like. But it was the same with me. Like, you just drink it hideously. I would without the syrup. But like when we, you paid for it. Like when we, yeah. when we were like together and we'd do that, and you'd have to go take something back. I'd be like, oh, we need to go return this. But I'd wait outside the shop <laughs> while you went in and did it because I can't physically watch you do it because then it's still like I'm doing it. <laughs> Um, which I, I found odd to start off with is I can't do it because I can't I can't watch somebody do something like that. I want to, but then equally I'm like I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Was there anything about now you're with Chris? Is there anything that you thought like that you hadn't really got from your relationship with Nikki that you it kind of like you realised like this is different or yeah yeah for sure um, it made me appreciate emotion again because <laughs> I'd, I'd spent a long time having less yeah. or having them on my own yeah so I did I did feel like not often we were meeting at yeah. the same mind point so it's nice sometimes to feel like what I'm saying um subconsciously like suggestively in between the lines any of that is being heard yes yeah yeah <laughs> So I didn't do any sort of lasting damage. You don't have to be like really blunt yeah. and like really hammer it in with Chris. To anyone. Like when you've got like a, something you've got to say, you don't just, now you can go back to the, the subtleties of the, the neurotypical way of dealing with relationships. You can hint stuff and he gets it. You don't go, Chris, I need this. You don't have to do that anymore. Well, sometimes still. Like I said, I'm not completely neurotypical. Oh, I know. But like, yeah. I'm saying like, because we were together for like five years. Like there's nothing that like, I haven't like, done stuff, I guess, <laughs> mentally, that you now treat everybody like you're talking to a burger. No. You've, you've, learnt, you've unlearned that behaviour. No, I've not unlearned it. I am still a whisper. I'm fluent. You are. I'm you fluent are. in burger. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why you can talk to Scarlett. It's why you, Scarlett doesn't really like talking to anyone, uh, really. Like, she talks to me, but you don't really talk to anybody else. Um, but you'll happily talk to Emily, no problem. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's all. I just wanted to make sure that I haven't, uh, you know, wrecked you. No, but, but likewise, you had a crash course in hideous, fluctuating emotions and expectations of what somebody wanted from you in a relationship. I guess so, but it's different. Um, I think the, the benefit of being a burger is that um, you're kind of impenetrable to it. So, like, you ha you're with someone that, even if they are really emotional or not really emotional, there's no long-lasting damage with me. Like, you can say stuff and do stuff and we can have an argument, but then 15 minutes later, I'm like, it never happened. Yeah. Um, whereas for anybody that I've been with that's neurotypical, the argument's over and they're still really annoyed yeah, with me. Yeah, that's a struggle. And really annoyed with me for like days. Flipping back to everything. Whereas happening. I can full on shout at someone and say stuff and then go, so anyway, did you watch this thing? And they're just like, what? And it, it didn't happen in my mind because I guess because I'm not in touch with my emotions in that way. When you are, you it, it has like an aftermath. It has like a resonance. It lingers. Yeah, that you can't do anything about until you've, you know, naturally process. Whereas for me, it doesn't have that. I'm in the moment, but then once the moment's over, so are my feelings towards what just happened. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the that's the problem I've always had. I have it with everyone. I upset people, and then because we finish talking about it, 
I just think like, so anyway, let's just carry on as normal. And I was like, why are you crying? When we first had <laughs> our arguments, yeah, it would annoy me that I'd explain to Nicky a behaviour he'd done or something he'd done. Yeah. And he wouldn't remember it and then deny to the ground that he'd ever done that <laughs> behaviour or that he'd ever done that feeling towards me. And how dare I expect it from him? <laughs> Which was odd, because I'd have to physically give him evidence. Of, yeah. Look, this time you did this. And we were both happy. Was it fake? And then that was a really difficult feeling. Yeah. Of, is this whole relationship an EastEnders episode? <laughs> is it all rehearsed? Is it all what you've seen and read? Yes. No. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's one of the hard things. You're the only person I've been with that after I finished masking and once we got past the period where I stopped pretending I was like everyone else... That's the only time I've ever then referenced that part of the relationship. With everybody else, I've done they it. They didn't know. I've done it, and I've, well, I guess I didn't know, but I've, I've done it and then not told them that the reason I was like that at the start is because that's what I do. I just kind of, wait, I would just be like, I was never like that. And you denied it for a long time. Yeah, I, but that's kind of what I used this to do. through therapy. I used to tell them that they just romanticised the beginning of the relationship, and because we're having a rough patch now, you're pretending that at the start it was amazing. But I don't think I've changed. But I think with you... I pointed out what I do at the start of the relationship uh, and then I think I used to just do the opposite of you, you were like you used to be able to do this and I was just like I was pretending then this is me which now which made it feel even less valued yeah because of. that's when I'd fallen in love with him yeah and he was telling me well that was all pretend yeah so it's and that's the problem is I I think about because I'm going to do it again uh, which one empathy sympathy where I think that because I don't care that that's empathy. happened, they shouldn't be that bothered by it either. Empathy, yeah. So empathy is understanding a feeling that someone else has. It doesn't matter. Putting yourself in their shoes. It doesn't matter. Like, every time. It's 50-50. I was going to say... I'm literally going to say sympathy. I've got no sympathy towards <laughs> yeah. you because yeah. I don't feel like it's that bad a situation. Oh, and you that's can't fine, feel yeah. that. You don't know how bad I'm feeling. No. You can only use your assumption of what my emotion looks like on the outside. In my head, what I thought you were doing was, it's like when it's raining and you go, do you remember when it, the sun used to come out? And it's like, yeah, but that was when it was sunny and this one was raining. I thought you were just saying like, do you remember when we weren't arguing? Let's just go back to that. It didn't occur to me that you're saying, let's go back to a whole different like behaviour from you. I thought you were just saying, I don't like that we're fighting now. Can we go back to when we weren't fighting? So then when the fighting stops, I think, oh, good, we're at the good part again. Uh, but then you're still upset. And I'm just like, what? what is it? <laughs> was there anything that when you had been together for a long period, was there anything like that you learnt about Asperger's or autism that you didn't know before? Um, like the main things that, or anything that surprised you? Mm. It's really difficult. There were loads of finity things. Um, and I quite liked the routine and the same food and the same places and the same TV programs. Um, intimacy changed a lot. So some Asperger's are really hypersexual, some have no drive, all of that sort of stuff. And obviously when we were masking at the start, we had quite a normal sex life. Yeah. Um, and then as time went on and he lost that masking he became his own person again and I felt like a separate entity from yeah. him yeah and and I can remember the most striking thing looking at it now it's hilarious <laughs> but he used to um he used to oh what do you call it the word saying something's like something compare compare he'd compare having sex as a task like washing <laughs> up so 
it's something that needed to be done every, every now and again. But yeah, so that lost meaning. Yeah. And then that was another layer that I felt like I couldn't connect to an Asperger for yeah. that reason. But there are some Aspergers that have loads of sex yeah. in their sex lives or not. Like, yeah, I remember you um, You joined a load of Facebook groups, I think, of people that were in relationships with somebody on the spectrum. And I know that a lot of people in our group talk about relationships and things like that. Um, so they talk to each other about it all the time. I, yeah. fa- I found it helpful on one level. Yeah, so you went in there, because we do have uh, people that are NT that are in relationships with Asperger's on our group and listen to the podcast. And I know that they, like you went into groups that were just those people. So there weren't autistic people in that group. It was just people that were in relationships. So it was a bunch of NT people that were in relationships with people Trying on the spectrum. Trying to share support, knowledge and ideas of how to overcome obstacles of being with people with Asperger's. Yeah. Likewise, there's loads of obstacles for Asperger people to be with NT. Yeah. We are not wired the same. Yeah. It's really hard to get on the same page about something and fe- both feel connected, fulfilled and yeah. connected. Yeah. And... W- Base level humans want connection. Yeah. And Asperger version of connection and NT version of connection are very different. Yeah. So when I went to these sites, I thought, oh, it's going to be like magic. Everybody's going to feel like I do. We can all discuss the same things. Yeah. But the negative part of that was I found that it was just loads of bashing and loads yeah. of people jumping on board with, I hate this about my Asperger partner. Yeah. And I can't believe he wouldn't think of this. And then you've got different levels of people's understanding of Asperger's yeah. as well. And then other people advising them on what they should do. Yeah. Which was all very ridiculous. So I always took it with a pinch of salt. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other issue with that is that everyone, like we always say, everyone on the spectrum is different. So you, you can go to a group for support, but sometimes advice from one person who's with someone on the spectrum, the advice they give isn't going to work for it's irrelevant. another person on the spectrum in the same way that... Like all NT people have different brains and different personalities. It's just different. Yeah. It's not like one size fits all for any relationship. I would say your understanding of Asperger's though is a lot better because of it. Because I, there's been a couple of people that you've met now that you've either helped them get diagnosed or pointed out their Asperger's to them. Yeah. And then they've been and got diagnosed. I can think of three, I think, people that you know that are now diagnosed as Asperger's because you were like, you ever thought you've got Asperger's? And there'd be times where you'd say to me, they've oh, got Asperger's. They're totally a burger. And I'd talk to them and be like, no, they're not. <laughs> uh, but then it turns out they were. Um, but they just have different techniques or they just do different things. So I noticed that you're good at that. Uh, and I, I just love burgers. They're, they're <laughs> such awesome people. Challenging, but awesome. And I felt like our relationship only lasted five years and worked well enough to sustain that because we both went on a journey of understanding Asperger's together. Yeah, yeah you I... were newly diagnosed. Yeah, yeah. We were trying out exercises, um, toys, not rude ones, sensory ones, um, <laughs> and just of how to compensate both of our issues. Yeah, yeah. I think that's interesting. I think, um, well, like for me, before I thought anything like before I knew anything about Asperger's the biggest thing for me that was like sensory stuff I never really understood sensory stuff was there anything you felt like you had to do in the relationship to help with shield him from the sensory world loads (laughs) loads so if I knew we were planning a trip somewhere we had to get on public transport we were in a, a shop that was well lit we had sunglasses we had squidgy balls we had hard balls we had 
We, I made him wear a bear hugger vest for a long time if we yeah. were going to social occasions. I remember you used to make me bring loads of stuff out. Bring this. And you'd always resist it. Bring that. Put your headphones in. You'd always resist it, but when it would did we go you. Where you just, we went to something and it was hideous and I couldn't tell that I was struggling, but I was. And you just appeared because you went and got earplugs from somebody behind a reception. I can't remember what we were at. But it was something really noisy, but I, it was Alan no- Carr. Maybe, yeah, it was Alan Coyer. We went to watch At a... Bic. We went to watch a stand-up, and it was so loud uh, that I couldn't cope with I it. I was struggling with the loudness. Um, but I didn't really notice that I wasn't struggling with it. I think I just kept going, I'm fine, I'm fine, it's fine. Uh, but then you went and got earplugs, and I just had them in for all of it, and it was, like, much better. But that's the problem with me, is I uh, don't like to... Give in. No, you still yeah. still see it as a give in. Yeah, I don't like to put headphones in when it's weird, or... If I start wearing sunglasses in a place where you shouldn't have sunglasses on... I start thinking people are going to notice that I've got sunglasses on or why am I the only person wearing But who cares? You're the king of the burgers. <laughs> By your own admission. <laughs> that you feel that you're so much more able and able to share your experiences to make other people able. And the short time you've known Scarlett, you feel more able. Yeah? Yeah. yeah because yeah. of the skills that we've all shared. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I wouldn't have helped get you diagnosed if it wasn't for what I'd learned previously from yeah us so Me helping for yeah. your diagnosis yeah because when i first got diagnosed when we first got together i thought i already knew everything about it already i've read a couple of bits i was like i definitely know what i am i don't need telling but there's loads of stuff i learned from um yeah from us that i wouldn't have learned otherwise but i think that's because i was just we would just every time i did something weird you'd say but there's times where i'd fight you where you'd say oh it's because of your burgers and i'd just be like no it isn't yeah I'm still a bit like that now, I think. But I'm okay with it now. I think the difference with me is I don't learn from it in the sense of I learn what it is and then change what I do. I just learn from it and then go, that's because of this. And then when I do it, it's a bit easier to... I Digest. I don't fight it as much. Yeah. yeah. But no, my relationship with you guys is so special and I wouldn't... I haven't stayed friends with any of my ex-partners and I feel I can only do that because of our journey we had together... And how it is completely platonic. Yeah. Completely. Even when you, like, first broke up, you were still friends. You never... It was odd. Uh, every time I explained... Well, actually, no, I didn't explain it to people. Uh, everybody that I knew... it's too weird. Everyone I knew just had a problem with it initially. They were like, why? Um, Especially your family. Because, like, when we first broke up, I was still living with you for a couple of months. Um, and I remember a few months down the line, it was probably like three months, you started dating people. And, oh, dark time. And like when you started, when you started, <laughs> when you started dating people, everyone was just like, but she's dating people and you live with her. And I was just like, yeah. And you give her advice. And yeah, you were telling me about these like hideous dates you've been on with yeah. people. And I was just like, yeah, that guy sounds like a right loser. Or you'd tell me someone that I was like, no, he sounds fine. He sounds really good. Like what you should you do. You vet people for me. Yeah, but yeah. It, everyone else, like I never told anybody about that because I just thought I know what people are like. They won't understand it, and then I've got to go into the whole autism thing and said that because of. And I don't feel like I was exploiting you either. No, but I, did... I was very vulnerable. It wasn't like I was living it up. But I didn't feel like it was uncomfortable um, because I, uh, I think once we weren't together in my head because of the black and white way I do stuff we weren't in a relationship anymore so why would I then have a problem feel weird about it like if I felt weird about it yeah. then I should still be in a relationship but I'm not so I shouldn't so I didn't um, and also like our breakup wasn't the same as other people's breakups I think we just had a chat and realised that 
my burgers was useful in places, but for what you wanted... I couldn't get it. My type of, particularly my traits and the way I am as a burger, it just was never going to be compatible. To fulfil yeah. my needs. And like I've said, I've said on here and I've said loads of times before that I don't change. I'm not someone that can't change their behaviour. So all yeah. I do is I just accept what my behaviour is. And the trouble with that is if someone goes, well, you should try and be more like this. I just think, no, I just need to accept. And I said that to you all the time. You, you'd and I'd me. feel guilt about that because obviously I should support anybody that wants to accept the way they are. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. But then it's just because my therapist had got it in my head to accept my autism and I know that you were saying, I wish you'd do this, but I was, at one point, I was down the road of, uh, no, I accept what I am and this is who I am and just accept that. And yeah. there was like no compromise with me at one point. I remember I went through a period of just, every time anybody told me to do anything or change anything, I'd just be like, shut up. So, yeah. But I think you like you've got to do what's best for both parties in the relationship. So I think that makes sense. I just I think it was nice that you were friends. You never went through like a stage, from what I could tell. I mean, I didn't really know you that well. Of though. malice, there was nothing. yeah. But yeah, we, I, we knew we were like acquaintances back then. Yeah, so but we of... worked together, and I saw, I knew you'd seen us as a couple. I'd seen you as a couple, but then I also saw you come in singularly. Sing, yeah, and it. it you never not got along and then I remember we went to the Toby Carvery with other people from work and you gave me a lift back so it was like the three of us in the car and I remember thinking like oh this is nice you were talking about how you're gonna have some like cake and tea when you got home and I was like this is really nice because I was like trying to break up with my boyfriend at the time and I was like if we could just be uh, like this no no this is not <laughs> no, a regular breakup this is this is the thing no I, I remember Scarlett having this conversation with me is me and you broke up and Scarlett thought, well, this has gone really well. This is nice. And, and, this is nice. And she'd seen me and you as like a really like well-established, like good relationship. And you didn't like the relationship you were in. So you thought, I'll get out of it. And then me and you were talking about going for tea and cake. And he was like, oh, it's really easy. And they didn't make, you know, it didn't work for them. And I definitely don't want to be in this relationship. She so just thought, I'll end mine. And uh, it, it didn't go. I mean, to be fair, like I thought I was going to end mine. <laughs> Long time before, I didn't see you guys do it. And oh, we know. That's what I'm gonna do. No, I but... know, but you just thought it maybe wouldn't be that difficult. Yeah, <laughs> and that touches on something weird that we haven't talked about is the fact that everybody saw us as a power couple. Everybody yeah. thought we were a good couple. Yeah, because you balanced. you were you did like you always seemed really happy. I'd say that like every time I saw you, you seemed happy. Like there was always like high energy, and that's why it was so sad. I think both of us burger version of sadness but when we ended it it was just sadness wasn't it we weren't we weren't cross with each other we weren't angry there was, it was just a sense of loss yeah. because we had to work out if we were ever going to have any form of relationship after not having yeah. a relationship yeah because no, i couldn't picture not having nikki in my life ever yeah and i nothing had happened um, but what led to our breakup was I'd been to a festival on my own that I'd obviously asked Nikki to come with me yeah. with my family and friends and I'd bumped into someone from my past a long time ago and there were feelings of like oh excitement and yeah. flutters and I shouldn't be having these if I'm in a relationship oh, okay, yeah. and once I got home Nikki is so attuned to every behaviour I had which was yeah, amazing you can pick up on it's changes. amazing yeah um, and he was just like I know something's not right and we both literally just had the conversation I said well I, I was feeling things that I shouldn't which means maybe we're not where we should be yeah and he said well I can't change I can't give you what 
you want. Yeah. And it wasn't that you didn't want to, it was that you just couldn't. Yeah, I think I was really clinical about it. You I think, were. I think you said what you said and I just kind of went, well, this is obvious then. Yeah. Uh, and there wasn't really like a... I guess like I've seen other people in the past that are like in a NT relationship and they do that thing where they're like, we could... Do, like they don't get like a puppy or like they, they do something to try and like make it work or they think we could just do this, we could just do that or whatever. But for me, it just seemed to... Doing like in my head, I just kind of went, yeah. But it was a brave decision because it was going to be changing your whole routine. Yeah, yeah I mean, I know that it's, it's the same with everything. Like, I knew that because we were living together and your family, my family, yeah, our shared friends, we had like all our stuff. We stuff had loads of lovely like a stuff, yeah, living together, like the which flat. you've still got. Like, yes, yeah. you're always going, I've got something of yours that I've just found, <laughs> and vice versa, everything in this room, half of this. Well, a third of it maybe lived in my old flat. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's just. And I've still got three thousand odd of your DVD collection. <laughs> yeah, um, but then that's just the that's the thought. Yeah, the thought process in my head was, you went for the the emotional level of you know we won't be together anymore, and I went the emotional level of our lives are, like we're not emotional, but I went through the, my first like thought was everything's merged together like I live here are we going to change this I yeah. do this this has been like my structure my routine my life for five years I thought about what comes after that and I couldn't and I massively it. helped with that didn't I even weirdly yeah like helping you get a new place yeah in previous relationships I did live with a girlfriend before a long time ago and yeah when that ended um, we did live together she just moved out because the lease of the place was up in like two months and she just went well you got two months to find a place. Uh, I'm off. And she just disappeared, took all her stuff, went. And I just let the lease run out. And then a week before the lease was about to run out, I still had nowhere to live because I was just like, well, uh, this is my flat. Um, where am I going to go? In the end, I ended up, I ended up sleeping on someone's sofa for like a month. Oh, my God. And then they had to help me find somewhere to live. So it was probably good that you did like a staggered, like you didn't just straight mm. away break apart you did like the living together yeah. for a bit and yeah because i'm kind not... of like a then we process. set you up yeah that's because that's my problem i i, I wouldn't i'm not good at starting kind. something yeah yeah if everything changes in one go like that i'm not sure what to do yeah. um it's like moving to bournemouth and going to uni that wasn't my idea and i'm not the one that made that happen loads of other people made that happen because if it was left to me i just wouldn't have come there was one time when i did apply for uni and the day came that I was supposed to go and I just didn't tell anyone and didn't go. The uni <laughs> rang like two months later saying, you're supposed to be on this course, where are you? And I was just like, yeah, I'm not coming. <laughs> you whispered on the phone? Yeah, because like there's people around me. I was just like, I'm not, I'm not coming to uni. <laughs> like I hadn't told anyone I'd applied. I hadn't told anybody I'd applied to halls of residence. It was like my first day of uni and I just didn't tell anyone I was supposed to go to Sunderland because that's where it was. And all my friends had gone. I was telling them for ages, oh yeah, I'm definitely coming. Don't worry, I'll, I'll be there. They're all in Sunderland. Like, where are you, mate? Like, there's no one in your room, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. I'm staying here. That's the problem. When <laughs> when you're on form or you like the sound of an idea and it's not reality yet, you're you are the life and soul of a party. I'm always like that. We have an idea, and I'm just like, yeah, we should totally do that. And then when it comes around to doing it, I'm just like, we're not doing that. Yeah, I'm surprised I've even managed to get in your house. Uh, that's because of Scarlet. <laughs> Scarlett, Scarlett suggested having you on, uh, on this. I suggested it, and Nuki was like, yeah, yeah, I'll message her. I was like, go on then. <laughs> You're like, I'll, I'll, I'll do it in a bit. I was like, go on. Yeah. You're so evil. Not evil. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's the only thing I should want to... 
No, I don't think Mention. so. Obviously, you like you must like people on the spectrum. Because obviously, there's loads of people that listen to this. Uh, I don't know because obviously, you, I don't know if you listen to this, but a lot of our people are from like other. Most of the, like we've got a lot of people all over the place, all over different countries, a lot of different things, and that kind of thing. And there's always that thing about do you know what I mean like people that are autistic and that kind of thing. But you, you say you like being with. I love it. Having friends that are great brains. Yeah. So different, just a different world to see through the eyes of it's obviously there's pros like there's people on here that are in relationships with people that are autistic like obviously there's reasons to be in relationships with those that are yeah. one of my favorite things would be nikki would be able to tell me some of my own behaviors that i weren't aware of yeah so that could be good and bad so when i was <laughs> behaving like a small child and being cross about something when he pointed it out at the time i was doing it that probably made me a little bit more livid um but things like I'd be eating my meal and I'd rub my legs and he goes, you're full, aren't you? <laughs> yes. Why, you weirdo? <laughs> it's like because you're rubbing your legs. You always rub your legs when you're hungry. And I even turned to Chris and say, oh, I'm rubbing my legs. Mickey would say, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just little snippets that you take with you forever. Yeah. Yeah, no, you are good at, you pick up on people's behaviours. Really but it's because well. I can't do the the thing. What's the thing? Empathy. Yeah, I can't do that one. <laughs> uh, so I... Um, <laughs> I'm just good at, yeah, just studying how people, just weird, like, behaviours they do after stuff. You work out just what certain faces mean or what certain sitting positions mean or uh, you do this thing where you sniff a lot. That means something. You sniffer? When you start sniffing loudly, it means there's something, oh. there's something annoying you. Oh, dear. It's not like constantly. Nice to know, nice to know. Just every now and then Scarlett will just be sat quietly and she'll just go, and I'm like, right. So that I know that something's bothering you, but I don't know what it is. And it won't be something in the room. It'll be something that's happened in the day days that, before that you're not sure you want to talk about. That was hard. Like <laughs> you'd be in a specific mood, and you'd be like, "I don't know what it's about." And yeah. then, like days later, you'd be like, "Oh, a week ago, this happened." <laughs> it's like I'm supposed to know that how? Yeah. I mean, I just I don't really like talking about what annoys me. Why? Me. I don't know. I don't. Do really... you get annoyed? No, I just don't really like talking about my like feelings on things, really. Why? Because I'm quite internal. I do a lot of internal processing, and then maybe at the end, once I've already like registered it, then I'll be like, oh, yeah, that annoyed me, but I'm all right now. So what had you found to be the most difficult part of being in a relationship with an NT? Or uh, some of them? The, the expectation to be more affectionate or to talk more because I'm not really I don't really I only talk if I've got something to say but I'm not very good at just talking if there's a conversation and I like it then that's fine but I don't want to just like I don't really like coming home and talking about my day because I just think my I've done that there was nothing about my day that I want to talk about so I, I won't yeah, you need to talk to me about your day if something happens. Yeah, if something's happened, but I'm not going to... And it has to be quite big. Yeah, like, if something big so has not happened. Like I had no. potatoes for You'll lunch. get nothing for a week, and then she'll be like, oh, so this thing exploded at work. Somebody died. <laughs> then that's like that's as much as you're going to get. It has to be something to like that level, otherwise, Scarlett's not talking about a day. I'm an internal <laughs> person. I process everything like in my head. Once I'm done with it, then I'll, then I'll say, like, I was... I felt annoyed by that, but now I'm okay. Or, yeah, it's quite reflective, isn't it? Yeah, like I don't really Burger talk. Burger minds, you take a while. Yeah, I don't. I don't talk about stuff 
so that like I can talk it out with someone. Mm. I'll do it all in my head and then go, I'm done. Yeah, that's why you make really weird decisions. I've realised <laughs> your, your logic on stuff sometimes. Like that's it. what's magical about Asperger's, <laughs> literally. Uh, well, but, I, I think after this episode, we're we're clearly going to have to discuss Asperger Asperger relationships as well. Yeah, well, I was going to say, um, based on this episode, uh, if you were to get into a relationship with someone that was NT, would you tell them at what, the start me? of the relationship? Because your previous was... relationship, you weren't, and obviously the problems you had in your previous relationship. Yeah, because, now you're diagnosed. Because you were doing things that they didn't know. <laughs> so, in your previous relationship, you were doing the things he wanted you to do, you couldn't do because you're Asperger's. A lot of it was because of your Asperger's. Yeah. Um, would you now, if you got into a relationship with someone that's neurotypical, would you just tell them at the start what the issues were? I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. So you just you just do the same thing again. <laughs> yeah. Right. And live the horrible hell that was the relationship. Like this conversation that we've had hasn't changed your mind on if you should I, tell them or not. Because like in my head, I think yeah, I should do that, and that would be the right thing to do. But I know me; I never tell anyone. I always think there's times where people say like, "Oh, you should have done that," and I think, "Oh, I should just say like, oh, the reason I didn't is because like I'm a burger, but." just doesn't doesn't come out not yet it's it will i'm getting there it will <laughs> slowly no well that's it for this week uh thanks everyone for listening again um you can find us in the usual places we've got them aspergers on facebook them aspergers on instagram and them aspergers on twitter i don't know why i just said that three times in a row i've really irritated myself by saying them aspergers i've just said it again i know like, anyway we're on there <laughs> also them aspergers at gmail.com if you want to email us stuff um like i say we can message us there's a private group on facebook you can join if you want to talk to other people on there um let us know how you feel about this episode in particular because we've done something new um if you really like it then um you can like tell me if you really hate it then blame scarlet because uh, she uh, she thought of this one. Uh, and you're welcome. I was going to get to that. Give me a chance. <laughs> I've got to do my bits. These are the bits I do. Scarlett doesn't get involved in this. This is my bit of saying thank you. I know, she you. usually just laughs in the background. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, obviously, like I say, if you know anybody that would benefit from listening to this, like, tell them about it. Like, get us out there. Our listening audience is getting bigger each week, which is great. Um, and, yeah, thank you for participating in this episode, thank you, Emily. It's greatly appreciated. <laughs> I love you guys. I'll come back whenever. Thank you. Yeah, well, we've uh, we've got ideas of bringing you back for something else later on, but we're not going to say what it is oh. or, or when it's going to happen oh. because we're not, we're not that organised. But uh, or are they secretly keeping massive secrets for surprise elements? Who? Exactly. You. Oh well, we. I just thought it's because. Oh, we're we? <laughs> is that what you're doing? Yeah, surprises. Right. Oh uh, yeah, well, that's it then. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening again. Thank you. Bye.